Welcome to Inside Motorsport. I'm here with Rowan Carrick. We're at Sandown. It's the debut meeting of Formula 3. And uh, Rowan is a long-time competitor to Australian Open Wheelers. Um, and of course was uh, in the days of uh, Formula Holden at its peak and you're now back in one of those cars. Yeah, that's right. I ran the Australian Drivers' Championship for Formula Holden from 99 through to 2004. Um, after that period, I ran uh, our historic Formula 2 car. Um, Which is what? That was a Hardman, um, built by Jim Hardman, yep. uh, one of three. We had uh, the only running one left. Um, we sold that in... Uh, it's an interesting story, which I'll go into in a minute, about that car, but we sold it in 2014 and, uh, and bought the Hocking Formula Holden um, to run in historics. Okay, Chris Hocking, of course, was a long-time stalwart open wheeler racing and he was another F3, F2 um, driver and constructor uh, and built a number of these cars. Yeah, that's right. Um, Chris ran Formula 2 and Formula Atlantic um, back in the day when the AGP was out of Calder. Um, and then in 89, 88, 89, he uh, took on the monumental task of copying a March 87B Formula 3000 car and modelling his own tub, the Hocking Offit. Um, so essentially it's a, it's a March 87B 3000, um, the only difference is that they were a uh, carbon fibre monocoque where these are an aluminium honeycomb monocoque. Yep. Um, the rules dictated they had to be an aluminium constructed car back then. So Chris built um, seven tubs uh, but that equated to five cars, two of them were, were uh, replacement tubs for, for damage that, that occurred throughout the years. So. We've got uh, chassis number three. It made its debut at Phillip Island at the uh, Australian Drivers' Championship round one in 1990, March 1990. Mark McLaughlin drove the car that weekend. Uh, it had a few other drivers, but its last run was actually 1995. Uh, Rick, Rick Fabry had it. So it's, it's virtually sat around for 20 years before we got it, um, doing absolutely nothing and uh, we've done a full restoration of it and been running it now for the last five years. And normally where would you be running? We follow the historic uh, events, uh, so we do Phillip Island Classic in March. We then go up to Sydney and, and do their Winter Classic on Queen's Birthday weekend at Sydney Motorsport Park. Then generally do the Winton Long Track meeting in August and then come here for Historic Sandown in November. And of course, uh, it uses the 3.8 V6, the Commodore engine. Yeah, that's right. Um, commonly known as the VN or the Buick motor. Um, so yeah, 3, 3.8 um, cast iron block, cast iron heads. Uh, there's very little holding in it. Um, you know, it's got uh, big cam, roller rockers, roller lifters, uh, steel crank, H-beam rods, aluminium pistons. So it's it's not really a uh, a standard Holden, but it produces a good one. Used to produce about 340 horsepower. Uh, ours was dyno late last year, and we got uh, just over 330. So, okay. yeah. And serviceable ponies. Yeah, not too bad actually. They only rev to 6,800, so they're not a stressed engine, um, but they've got monstrous torque. Um, they've got almost as much torque as they have horsepower. Okay. Now this particular meeting, this Formula 3, um, Tim Macro has given us a rundown on it. It obviously uh, was something that was a great opportunity for you. Yeah, well it's something that's been missing in Victoria for a long time. Um, people might remember back in the uh, 
80s, 90s and I think into the early 2000s there was a class commonly known as Formula Libra that used to run at the state race series meetings. That sort of petered off in the in the early 2000s and there really wasn't an avenue for people just to run open wheelers whether they be you know Formula 3s or, or Holdens or basically you know anything that was around. So um, it's great that it's come back. I was, as soon as Tim rang me and asked me whether I'd support it, I yeah, straight away wanted to support him. Um, I don't know that I will do a lot of the meetings in the future um, because we, we are more dedicated towards the historic side of things. But, you know, um, I'm more than happy to help out and support. And, you know, if we can run, we will run. You would obviously know about some other Formula Holds that are around. Yeah, there's. Of the uh, first generation of cars that were around, so the aluminium type cars, there was 23 in total that competed throughout from 89 through to you know various various end dates. Uh, I've tracked down 21 of those cars. Still around? Yeah, there's 17 still left in Australia. There's a few in New Zealand. Um, one's over in Europe. One of the Shrikes is over in Europe. Um, and we've still got a number of the uh, carbon fibre tub Formula Holdens around. So, yeah. you know, if, if people dragged them out and dusted them off, we could we could almost have a 20-car field again. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You've driven both Formula 2s and 3s. Um, obviously, that big block behind you is a, is a big anchor. Yeah, it is. They're, they're not a well-balanced car. Generally speaking, if you get the tail out, it's you've just got to let it spin. It's no use trying to fold it or power out of it. Yeah, look, you know, there was a lot of uh, commentary in the in the past about how heavy the Holden V6 was, but at the time it was the right choice, I believe. Um, to try and run Cosworth DFEs like 3000s over here was just not a viable option back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, I think if the class was uh, started as of today with what we know, we'd you know, we'd probably have small small V8s like the Toyota Lexus motor or even the type of V8 that's in some of the uh, the radical sports yeah. cars. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, they got criticised for, for being a flat-sounding engine and, and all six-cylinders are, you know, you just yeah. got to listen to a Porsche and quite a flat-sounding engine. Yeah. But bang for buck, you know, you can you can build an engine from scratch for about 25000 So, you know, you would be hard-pressed finding a... Uh, another category around these days where you could build an engine for that type of money. And it's an enjoyable car to drive though? Yeah it is, I mean obviously I'm now in my late 40s so it does get harder every year that I get in it um, I'm certainly not as quick as what I was back when I was in my 20s but I love driving it, they're a brutal thing to drive not as brutal as say what a Formula 5000 would be um, but they're a lot stiffer than what a 5000 is so somewhere like down the end of the straight down here the car's nearly bouncing off the road right yeah okay. have any young guys driven your car or any of the others no um I, I am actually hoping to get tim behind the wheel one day just to uh give me a bit of feedback, feedback. and yeah, yeah. and assist me in i guess not sorting it out but just fine-tuning it um yes. you know tim's a very well credentialed driver and i respect any any commentary he had about it but um look i'm not out here to to set lap records or I've done all that, done all those championship type driving back back in the day so I just go motor racing to go motor racing and while we can still do it we will. Well thank you very much for A racing and B telling us about Rowan Carrick on Inside Motorsport. Thanks. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.